Okay, uh, good morning. Today's daf is Le'ilu Nishmas Chaim ben Avram Yona Koin. Um, and it is daf Samach. I'm going to go from the second, third last line of Nun Tesamud Bey's 59b. So the Gemara brings a quote from the Mishnah. It says, Bona buys Chodesh for Kalim, for Kona, Kalim, Chodoshim, etc. If you buy new, if you build a new house, you buy new Kalim, etc., you say, uh, you say Sheikh Yanu. On a new house, new, that's new clothes. This is the famous Shekhyan and new clothes, etc. I'll discuss a few halachas regarding it shortly. But now the Gemara is going to go into, is this specifically when you buy it for the first time? Let's, say, let's just take, for example, you have a suit. But I might as well say some of the halachas quickly so we know what we're discussing. Firstly, there's an interesting discussion regarding a house. Because generally when you buy a house, you buy it with a bond. And you actually don't own the house till 20, 30 years later. So can you say Sheikh Yanu on that acquisition? And then by time you get the bond, so 30 years later when you've paid your bond and it's now your house, it's not new anymore, it's not exciting anymore. So some say you actually don't say Sheikh Yanu if you buy a house like that. Person, um, there are those who say you do, and uh, I can tell you personally I did, because there's still a lot of joy of the success of the transaction, and it is your house to a large degree. Um, and even getting the bond in its own right is a little bit of a simcha. But you, you still bought it. You still bought it and you acquired it. If you yeah, it, so that's, I think, good enough, except really you don't own it. You must uh, pay. It's not, your, it's not your house yet. The deeds with the but bank you and say everything. The shit can you own it when you buy it. Yeah. You, you don't have to own it. Even when you buy clothes, sometimes you buy if you buy on credit, you buy yeah. six yeah, months so to pay. Very good point, very good point. Yeah. If you buy clothes with your credit card or yeah. just or on a shop where you have an account or something on budget, yeah. Very good point. Somebody I think the theory, money. I think, say. Somebody lends you money. I don't know if you say. Yeah. No, you're right. So that's what I'm saying. But I'm, I'm just, just raising that some yeah, people yeah. bring yeah. regarding a house. But you're yeah, a good point. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense if you're really excited about the purchase. Also, if you have buying a house, would also not necessarily be Sheikh Yanu, it would be a Tova Meitiv, because it's good for you and your family. So that's an interesting one. It could be the same thing with furniture. So you get a beautiful couch, beautiful new dining room table, brought a big simcha to you and your family. So you can say Sheikh Yanu. But, and then it might actually be a tova mate because you're going to get to sit at the table and your wife's going to get to sit at the table, or etc. Um, Can you say a Sheikh Yanu uh, when a person reaches a milestone? Because uh, I've seen that when I went to like an 80th birthday party. I mean, and I see a Sheikh I actually yeah. also heard people say that. I don't know. I must uh, bleed at, uh, I need to look into the that. I'm not sure. seems to indicate that you do. So that he, we've reached this reached occasion. occasion. Yeah, like, uh, like um, on, there is a dimension that on any very happy occasion, mm. you could say Sheikh Yanu. There is an aspect of that, but again, it's got to fit in with Chazal's definition of what's considered a happy occasion. Um, okay, so a very good, a good question. I need to think about it and look it up. Um, then another point is regarding clothes. Um, this is Toysvos. Um, yeah. Is that you specifically sat on Choshuv clothes. He says, like we're comparing it to buying a house. We're not just speaking about any clothes. We're speaking about Choshuv clothes. So again, they, the poskim do bring it. Depends on who you are. If you're someone who's a bit poor and you never ever get new clothes and you get a new shirt for Yom Tov and that's a huge simcha for you, then you can say Sheikh Yanu. If you're someone who is uh, wealthy and a new shirt's not a big deal and they say most of us 
Baruch Hashem fall into that category that it's nice to get a new shirt, but it's not really exciting. You wouldn't say Sheikh Hanush would most likely be a new suit. That's when we were growing up, my father told us, like on shirts and pants and stuff, we don't say Sheikh Yanni, but on a new suit we do. Um, nowadays, for lots of socks, so Tosos brings here things that are intrinsically not kosher, things that, like socks and shoes, etc. If they're happy, then they bring extra joy. Um, but he says, if it's socks and shoes. So if you if it's yeah, so if it's yeah, if it's new for you, you say Shechiana. Um They bring things that are generally just not chashuv. Uh, um, you would say you would not say. So they, they bring, for example, socks, uh, underwear, vests. Like even if you really really excited, oh, pajamas is a question. You're really excited to get new your new comfortable pajamas. It's getting cold, and now you'll sleep well. You know, you're really excited for it. That's a discussion whether you can actually sound pajamas because they're not such a special thing. Okay, with that, with some of those halachas in, in mind, um, the next sugya discusses it specifically when you buy it for the first time. I guess a mitzvah boy getting a suit for his first time or an adult getting a suit for the first time. But if you're ready, firstly, we're going to see two distinctions. What happens if you already have one from Yerusha? So it is the first time you're buying it, which also there is a special dimension of something you buy, but you already have one. Or is it specifically... Um, so is it even if you have one, is it so, let's, there are three levels. Is it only if it's the first time you're getting it? Second level is, is it you have it, but you've never bought it before, are you inherited it? And the third level is no, you say, I know each time you would get it. So you get a new suit, you have a, a nice uh, navy suit, but for Yom Tov you get a brand new navy suit. Could you say it again? So that's what this discussion is going to be. Ravuna says, this is only where you don't have something similar to it. But if you have something similar to it, you don't say you don't need to say the bracha. Rabbi Yochanan Omar, Afilu Rabbi Yochanan says, even if you have something similar, are you inherited it? As long as you're now buying it for the first time, you would say the bracha. It follows that if you already bought this item or a similar item and then you buy another one, you don't say the bracha. That's the first version. One step up. Rav Huna says that, no, if you acquired it and then you've already bought it and then you bought it a second time, that's where you don't say a bracha. But if you just had the item and this is the first time you're buying it, I'm saying it, sorry, I'm saying it backwards. Let me say it in line with the Gemara. It's all this that you say, Sheikh Yanu, is where you're not buying it for the second time. You've bought, it in the po- you've bought the suit in the past, and now you're buying another suit. You have a similar suit. You would not say the brocha. If you are acquiring it for the first time, you do not need to say the brocha. According to Rabbi Yochanan, if you acquire it, and then you buy it again, you still have to say the bracha, Michal, the Kli Yesh. It follows the Kli Yesh of a Kona Divra called Sorich Lavarech. That if you already have the item, let's say you inherited a suit, when you buy it again, according to everyone, you'd have to say the bracha. So you've got these two versions, um, the two versions of what the Machlokes is. When would you say Sheikh Yanu? They challenged the first one. It says, Bona buys Chadosh, Vain Loka Yotzebo, Kona. 
the fir, um, if you acquired a new house and you don't have another house, or you bought new clothes and you don't have similar such clothes, or you haven't, you, um, then you need to say the new bracha. If you have similar such items, then I, even if it's just inherited, you don't have to say the new bracha. That's Rabbi Meir's opinion. Rabbi Yehuda, I'm Rabbi Yehuda, says, Now, either way, you do have to say a new bracha. If you have a suit, and you buy a second, you inherited a suit, and you buy a second suit, you would have to say a new bracha. Now, just in summary, Rabbi Meir, it depends on whether you already have a similar item, and Rabbi Yehuda says, it depends on if you're buying it for the first time. Does it, does it, it sound like you can't, or you... I'll come to that, I'll come to that. I'll come to that, I'll come to that. Now the Gemara, let's just finish this proof. It makes sense according to the first version. We can say Rabbi Yehuda fits in with Rabbi, Rav Huna fits in with Rabbi Meir. Because Rav Huna, in the first version, Rav Huna says you only say it if you don't have something similar, which fits in very well with Rabbi Meir who says, if you don't have something similar, then you can say the brocha, otherwise you can't. And Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan, who says you say it when it's the first time you're buying it, that fits in well with Rabbi Yehuda. According to the second version, Rav Huna fits in with Rabbi Yehuda. Rav Huna comes along and says, as long as it's the first time you're buying it, you yourself are buying it, or you inherited, you have a suit that you inherited, but you're buying for the first time another suit, then you can say the bracha. That fits in with Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda doesn't fit with either Rabbi Meir or Rabbi Yehuda because Rabbi Yehuda says even if you bought a suit and now you're buying a second similar suit, you can still say Shechianu. You must say Shechianu. So, what, how does he say? So, Amalukha Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Yehuda will tell you who are dinner Rabbi Yehuda. Kona v'chazav v'kona na'mitzarech l'voreh. Rabbi Yehuda will say, no, even if you bought, Rabbi Yehuda will hold. So this is how Rabbi Yochanan explains Rabbi Yehuda in the Brisa. Even if you bought this item in the past and now you're buying it again, a similar item, you need to say a new bracha. And this that they argue where he has it and he buys it is to show us how far Rabbi Meir goes. That even if you already had it, even if it's the first time you're buying it, you don't say the bracha. And how much more so if you, if you bought it, then you wouldn't, and then you buy it a second time, you wouldn't need to say the bracha. Basically, what, what he's saying is, if you're telling me that Rabbi Yehuda holds, if you buy the item, and then you, later on you buy a second similar item, you still say Sheikh Yanu. Why do they argue on a case where you already have it, and like you inherited it, and then you went and bought a similar such item. So you inherited a suit, and then you went and bought a suit. Why teach that case? Rather teach the greater novelty, that even if you've bought a suit in the past, and now you're buying a second suit, you should say Shechianu. Teach the greater novelty. says, no, they wants to show how far Rebbe Meir goes. Because Rebbe Meir holds, even if you inherited a suit, so you have a suit in your cupboard, when you buy a second suit, you wouldn't say Shechianu. That would be uh, Rebbe that would be Rebbe. That's how Rebbe Yochanan would fit. One second, one second. Let's just finish this point. But why don't they argue in a case where you already bought a suit and now you're buying a second suit that you don't have to say the bracha? And emphasize the, the 
point of Rabbi Yochanan, of Rabbi, sorry, of Rabbi Yehuda, that even where you've already bought one in the past and you're buying a second suit, you still say a bracha. He says, no, Koach de Teira, Adiflei, he would rather teach Koach de Teira. The more lenient one, the permissive one, which says you don't have to say the bracha. Now, there's a big question here. Um, Koach de Teira, Rashi explains elsewhere. What, what's, what do you mean, Koach de Teira, the power, the advantage of a leniency? So Rashi elsewhere explains that it means your... To paskin something is permitted takes a lot more courage and clari- clarity, let's say clarity, but obviously also courage, to say, you've got an animal, someone comes to this animal, they say, I did shchita in such a way, I'm not sure if it's a good shchita. Or look at this lung, I'm not sure if it's a good lung. Now for the Rav to come along and say, no, nope, that animal's kosher, he has to have a lot of clarity in the halacha. So that's koach de tera adif. He must be a greater Talmud Chochem to do that. But um, if he... Um, but to come along and say, look, I'm not sure, to say it's Osur, well, that doesn't take a great time with Chochem. Anyone you ask and say, well, I'm not sure about those lines, it's Osur. So that's what Chochem says. How does that fit here? Because let me ask you, if you're not sure whether to say a brocha or not, do you say the brocha? So we have the principle, Sofek Brocha Zahatal, you don't say the brocha, you're not sure. So what do you mean, Chochem Teira? Rabbi Meir says, look, don't say the brocha in this case. If we didn't know the halacha, we would also come out like Rabbi Meir, don't say the brocha. Okay, so that's a question on the language of Chochem Teira. There are answers, but I think the questions. Better than that. Just one interesting point is what you were raising. It's interesting, the phrase of the Gomorrah the whole time was, ain't sorech levarech. You don't need to bo- say the bracha. Or sorech levarech, you have to say the bracha. didn't say, lo mevorchim. didn't say you don't say the bracha. It says, ain't sorech. Some actually touch on that when they come to answer this question of koach de teira. But, uh, yeah, it's a little bit vague there. Sorry, Dennis, what did you want to somebody gives you a suit for a present... Is it the same as buying it? Do you acquire it the same way? Uh, I saw Art Scroll bring it the same as a present. Uh, well, the general principle is any time you get new, uh, regardless of this machloikas, any time we pass, well, yeah, let me go back a step. Rabbi um, Tosa said on the previous, Amud we pass like Rabbi Yochanan, according to, the, in the second version, which means that any time you buy new clothes and you're excited about it, and it's a simcha, it's a significant acquisition, a new suit, something like that, then you would say um, Shechianu, and that would be whether you bought it first-hand or second-hand, even if it's second-hand, but it's new to you and you're excited for it. <laughs> it would also be if it's given to you as a gift and you're excited about it. It's not specifically if you bought it. Okay, this one says, Nemi says, The Mishnah says, You say a brocha on the bad, even if it seems it might turn out for the good. Hey, dummy, what's an example? Kagonda shokol bad if uh, the dam burst and flooded your land, now this will actually turn out for the good because a lot of uh, sediment and stuff is in your field and it will grow better. At the end of the day, now it's bad. It's damaged your field, it's ruined your harvest. So you would say, even though next season or in two seasons' time, it will be for the good. And similarly, if you you say a brocha on the good, even if it might turn out bad. Hey, dami, what could be an example of this? If you find a lost object, even though it could turn out bad, why do If the king hears about it, he'll take it. They had a rule in those Persian governments: any lost object automatically belongs to the king's treasury. So you find a wallet on the ground, you find a watch, you find something, you have to give it, you can't, you, I mean obviously people would try to keep it, but if the king finds out, they're going to arrest you for, uh, for stealing from the king. 
Um, so it's, so he says, At the end of the day, now it's good. You found a wallet full of money. You, it's good for you, even though it might turn out bad. So you would say, Sheikh Yanu. Then uh, we mentioned that if you The Mishnah mentioned if you daven for something that's already been, it's a tefillah in vain. So for the example it gave, if someone davens their wife's a few months pregnant and they daven that their wife gives birth to a boy, that's a tefillah shop because the gender is already determined. So he says, you telling me davening doesn't help. Mosif, Rav Yosef, Rav Yosef challenged that principle. It says, it says, Afterwards, she gave birth to a daughter and she called her name Dina. What's the emphasis of afterwards? After what? I mean, on the, in the context of the Psukim, it's after the birth of Zvulun, but still, why emphasize after the birth of Zvulun? Just say, and she gave birth to a daughter. So, so Leia made her a calculation. Omra, she said, We know that the twelve tribes will come from Yaakov. Six have already, I've already given birth to six, and the Shvachos, Bil and Zilpa, have already given birth to two each. It says, That's ten. Im If this child I'm pregnant with now is a male, My Sister Rachel will not even be equal in, the, I guess, the foundation of Klal Yisrael like one of the maidservants. Because if I have a seventh son, Rachel's only going to have one son. And she, is, uh, she, she says, So she dove into Hashem that it should switch around. Um, straight away, the daughter was born. And, her, and she named her Dina. It seems that also might be Dina from Dan, the calculation, the drosha she made. So we see that it can switch. Leia Davin, she's pregnant. She Davin that it changes from, a, from being a male to being a, a female. So the Qumran says, We don't discuss Nisim, miracles. And interestingly enough, my father's given a whole shir and a valuable shir to listen to, but one of the underlying principles is that actually there's a midrash that not just that a change from male, Dina changed from male to female, but that Yosef, Dina was pregnant with Yosef, and Rachel was pregnant with Dina, and a miracle occurred that the embryo switched. And uh, my father, I mean obviously based on a lot of other principles, basically that's where the power of Yosef comes from. We always speak about Yosef being the one who can stand up to Esav, Yosef with this extra power to survive this world. Of all the tribes, Yosef could survive in Egypt, the most the lowly of lowly lands. Yosef flourished as a Yorei Shomayim. So that's got to do with this, that we know Rochel saved Leah embarrassment at the time of their marriage. And now Leah's, in a way, saving Rochel from anguish, from uh, Depression, and that, and Yosef is the the product of both of those, and that's where he gets his power. He's the product of Leah, he's the product of Rachel, and he's the product of their compassion and their caring for their sisters, for each other. Um, yeah, obviously there's more to discuss, but maybe when we get to those parshas, uh, we can do a drosh on. So that's the one answer. It was a miracle, and you can't really learn from miracles. And generally, we don't rely on miracles, and we don't daven for miracles. Huge, huge tzaddikim like Leia can, but in general, we wouldn't. Alternative, you can say this occurred within 40 days. 
of becoming pregnant. Kedatanya, as we learned in the bride, said there are different stages in the pregnancy. A person within the first three days of Tashmis can daven that uh, his seed doesn't uh, putrefy, that she conceives. From three days to forty, he can daven that it turns that it's a male. From 40 days to 3 months, that doesn't be grow with this deformity called a sandal. From 3 months to 6 months, he davens that it shouldn't be stillborn. From 6 months to 9 months, he can daven that... Um, that uh, she, she ate so that the childbirth is in peace, that the child comes out normally. So that's uh, but what are we with the main point? We're bringing here up till 40 days, the gender is not determined, and you can daven for that. Umi Mahani Rachma, does davening cha- help? There's another factor that already determines the gender. It says, If the man of Mitzit first, your dad is the cave, it will be a girl. If the woman a mitzid first, you let a zocher, she'll give birth to a male. Shenema says, Isha kicks his real, yelled a zocher. If a man, if the woman give a mitzid, then it will be a male. So the, so Rav Yitzchak, I mean, yeah, the Gomorrah understands that it seems both the man and the woman a mitzid in some way, and whoever does a mitzid first, that determines the gender. Says, If the man and woman emit mitzid together, then it could be either a male or female, and then it helps to daven whether it's a male or female. Then it says, If you're traveling on a journey and you hear screaming at home in from, coming from the city, you can't daven that it, you hear fire in the city, you can't daven that it's not your home, because... It's already happened. There's a story with Hillel Azokan who was traveling on the way and he heard shouting from the city. Omar, he said, I'm confident that this is not in my house. I'm certain it's not my house. Now there are a few, there's a problem with this. We just said, how can he be confident that it's not in his house? So one answer is that Hillel was such a tzaddik on a, a, a different league, that he that sometimes Sadiqim can be certain in scenarios that they can calculate that bad actually doesn't happen to them. I mean, important to note, as we'll see, the psukim to do with us are bitochon. Trusting in Hashem doesn't necessarily mean that bad things won't happen. It means that you're aware that it's from Hashem and that it's meant to be. That's a so we don't like that. We like to think that if we have good emuna and bitochon, everything will go as we want it to go. That's not what it means. It means that we are aware that it's from Hashem, even the things that sadly don't go according to plan are also from Hashem. Um, obviously, there's uh, it's at, uh, a consolation. There's, uh, you can find, uh, find peace within yourself knowing that it's from Hashem. And I mean, we know Hashem ultimately is good, but that would be the principle. Another answer they give is that um, acting in panic with shouting and screaming is a lack of bitochon. As we'll see further down the page, acting with fear and anxiety is, not, is, is a lack of bitochon, and therefore um, Hillel would have trained his house that when something bad's going on, act uh, calmly, remember it's have bitochon, it's from Hashem, and there's no re- need to panic. And therefore, if he hears shouting in the town, he can be confident it's not his house. Then it says, um, um, so that's, uh, that's with Hillel. And then they say, for all of our the 
Pasuk is speaking about him. It says, I have no fear of bad news. Because I've directed my heart and trust in Hashem. Rovis points out that you can learn this pasuk from beginning to end or from be- end to beginning and it comes out with the same drosha. You can learn it out from beginning. It says, Don't fear, you don't have to be afraid of bad news. And you declare, what's the reason? So the second half of the pasuk, if you um, direct your heart and trust in Hashem. You can also learn it backwards. It says, If you direct your heart to Hashem and have bitochon, you don't have to fear bad. But it boils down to the same thing. Someone who trusts has bitochon, doesn't, for, for whatever reason, doesn't have to be afraid of bad news. There was the tzion. A student was walking by Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi, in the market of of Tzion, and Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi saw that he was afraid. He was panicking. So, you're sinning. You're sinning. As the Apostle says, those who panic or those who are afraid in Tzion are sinning. So, but doesn't the Apostle say, happy is the man who's always afraid, who's constantly full of pachad? Says, no, that's regarding Torah. Um, yeah, explain that soon. Yehuda Barnosan have a shockil. Also, Bashrei Rav Hamduna. Similar story. Yehuda Barnosan was tra- walking with Rav Hamduna, just behind him. Esnach and he groaned. So Amar Le Yisurim Boy Yehu Gavra Latuya Nashay. Do you want to Safi Yisurim? This is as it says. Ki pachad po chadati vesnach evashay yugurasi yavoli. I was afraid and I groaned. I sighed and uh, what I feared came upon me. He says you're going to bring about your panic, your fear. Your, he's going to bring about what you're feeling. He says, So Yehuda Bar said, Happy is the man who's always afraid. So he answered, That's with Torah. Rashi explains, What does it mean? You've got to be so afraid that you'll forget Torah. That's a worthwhile fear. I think, I mean, you can add to that. I think that are you getting, are you, when you're learning through a sukya, are you getting correct? Psak is your Torah. Are you imbuing the Torah you're learning? All these other factors. But again, Rashi speaks primarily about be afraid that you're forgetting Torah and that fear should uh, motivate you to do lots of Chazorah, to learn more, etc. That's very positive. In all other areas, um, it's negative. I remember reading, a, again, easier said than done, but I remember reading a, a, a quote from Michel Salante. He said, the only... Fear you should have is why am I so worried? Why am I so afraid? The, or the only worry you should have is why am I so worried? Why am I so afraid? Again, this idea that if you have Imun and Bitochen, you know it's from Hashem, there isn't, again, it might not be exactly how you want it to go, but there's no reason for panic. Hanichnas um, Lekraf. Then we mentioned if you're coming into a city, then as I say, you say two brachas when you're going in and two brachas when you're going out. What do you say when you're entering the city? So he says, You hear it's on Milfonech, Hashem, Elokaisha, Tech. Niseini lekrach zel shalom that I should enter this city with shalom. Nichnas as he enters it, Oimer he says, Moed ani lefnech Hashem elokai shet hichnistani lekrach zel shalom that I made it into the city in peace. I was thinking maybe it's when you got to get through border control and customs, all that, that you made it in uh, peacefully without uh, trouble. Bikesh Lot says when you're going to leave, Oimer you say, Here tomev nech Hashem elokai belokai avsei shet totzi shet totzi ani mikrach zel shalom that I can leave the city in. Peace. 
Yotzo, when he's left, Omer, he says, that I've left, managed to make it out of the city in peace. Okay. Very similar bracha to Tfilas HaDerech. There's a discussion and we're actually saying this is Tfilas HaDerech, but it might just be a specific bracha on leaving a town. This is specifically a city where there's no real system of law and they kill people in it. I what he's saying is there's no um, there's no judicial process. This we can call it. it's like a communist Russia or something where if the government or the police decided it put you to death or lock you up for good. So if you're in that sort of city that's where you need to say these tillers Aval Yeah jungle law. Aval but in a city where they have judicial process, well then you don't have to say this tefillah. You know, even if you're caught on the border with something that looks suspicious or you're in town and something and they arrest you, you know that they'll judge you and t- determine that you're um, innocent. There is a judicial process, unlike a town where there isn't. Says no. Even in a city where there's a judicial process, sometimes things go wrong in a court case. You might not have the right lawyer, or you might not have someone who can testify on your behalf, and it will go uh, turn out bad. So even then, you should say this tefillah. Okay. When you enter the bathhouse, now to understand the following tefillah, you have to understand how their bathhouse were were built. Basically, they would build the bars on a platform above fires, and once in a while, those platforms with the bars on could collapse and uh, you fall into furnaces. So they're quite dangerous places to hang out. So you hear it, that I'm saved from this and similar such situations. May no calamity or sin happen to me. May my death be atonement for me. Omar Abayal, law... A person shouldn't say this. You don't want to open your mouth to the satan. says, A person mustn't open his mouth where it can tempt the satan. What's the possible? It says, The people said we were a little bit like Stom and Novi. What was the Novi's response? Listen to the words of Hashem, the noblemen or the rulers of Stom. I, they opened their mouth. They said, yeah, we've been a little bit like Stom. That opened the floodgate that they can be accused now of acting like Stom. So if you open your mouth, if a person says, if I die, may it be a kapora, that's opening the, giving the Sotan the opportunity to go to Hashem and say, maybe he should die. And that's a tiktak bela Sotan and therefore don't say it like that. So don't say that last part of the tefillah. Ki nofik, my honor, when you leave the bathhouse, what do you say? So Amr Avacha, Rabbi Acha said, Moi da'ni lefnech Hashem lokai she'tasileinu mina or that you've saved me from the fire. Rabbi Avu, al lebei beini, if chizbei b'nei metusia, Rabbi Avu went into the bathhouse, Israchish lonis, and it collapsed. Israchish lonis of a komal amuda, he happened to be on one of the support pillars, Shaziv may have a chad gavri, but chad avre, and he managed to save a hundred people with one arm. 
miracle happened, he was able to hold up, support 100 people that they didn't collapse into this world. Omar, and he says, oh, this is what Rav Acha was speaking about, that when you leave the bathhouse, you say, um, thanks to Hashem for, uh, for saving me from the fire. Can others, it seems it should be a new point. Ton Rabbonin, haniknas lahethi. It's a big discussion. In general, if it's the norm, then you are allowed to. Well, so airplanes, people bring on to even... But yeah. So if it's something that's... You, generally, you shouldn't put yourself in unnecessary, dangerous situations, dangerous situations that are out of the general way of living life. But in the norm... It seems you are allowed. You are allowed to drive in a car, even though they can. Chasvish shouldn't be dangerous. You are allowed to uh, go on an aeroplane. You are allowed to go on a teal, doing things. You know, there are things, but the, you obviously have to look at, I'd again, ask the, the, the actuaries and the statisticians how dangerous or how safe something is, but the general rule is if it's, in, if it's the normal thing that people do, then you're allowed to do it. And I guess we could say, Shoma Pasayim Hashem, Hashem looks after fools. And, uh, but if it's extraordinary or totally unnecessary, you just want to, for the thrill, do something uh, ridiculously dangerous, that would be uh, problematic. I always think of that question when it comes to benching a gourmet. Because you're doing it voluntarily, and then you bench a gourmet. Yeah, so, so you need to travel through a desert, you need to travel on a ship to, for Parnosa, that's normal. It's, I mean, they're traveling through a desert and that's traveling right. by a thing was extremely dangerous. And that's why you do say Hagoimul or times of the base Amigdash, you could even bring a Korban Toida for it. Um, but it's in the norm of how people have to live. Um, you know, there are other factors, but I think that's the primary factor. Is it in the norm? Hanichnas like is done when someone goes to blood, let Omer Yirot Omer Funach Hashem Lakashi, hey, Isaac, say, Lil Rafur, which are for Ainu, Kikel Rofe, Nemon Atovaro. The Rufuasech or MS. When you go to bloodlet, remember they used to bloodlet as a Rufua. Um, so he should say, May this be successful and it should heal me. He says, People actually shouldn't be going to doctors, but that's the Minag. Ah, you should remember, you should rely on Hashem. Someone gets sick, something happens to them, they should dive into Hashem, rely on Hashem, they shouldn't actually be going to doctors, but that's the minag, so say this tefillah. So Zomar Inshi, a person should not say this, Tatani It says, and the doctor shall heal, he shall surely be healed. Hashem gave permission to doctors. Ki nofak my oimer, and when you leave the blood letter, what do you say? Blessed is the one who heals for free. Unlike the doctor who you had to pay, uh, you had to pay a, a lot to. And think if you had to go to a specialist or whatever, what they charge. Hashem's um, So interesting, and this is how we hold. We pass in that if you get sick, you go to the doctors, and the doctors are given permission to heal. And there are lots of teachings on that, and it's actually a fundamental. Uh, principle, but you also have to remember the ultimate cure, this that the panada works, this that the antibiotics works, this that the doctor gives you the right advice is from Hashem and you should uh, the son brought that you should say before you take medicine and doctors, but basically telling to Hashem that it should work and I guess to remind us where the ultimate heal comes from I mean the cases and this we would almost think it's murder where parents in like extreme uh, don't remember the sect. Yeah, certain extreme Christians, they mm. won't take their children to doctors, and kids have died from 
not being allowed to take antibiotics. Now, we would say that's uh, close to murder because you must go to a doctor. You must be responsible. Um, but you also have to remember that it's up to Hakim. Yeah, you know, that's a you know, different discussion you know, with vaccines and uh, measles. But again, if it's the, just on that, discussing the norm, the Tiferes Yisrael in his commentary on the Mishnah, he says that, I think it was the polio vaccine, it was one of the first vaccines he came out, they used, I can ask the professor, he can explain it better, but something along what's called the La vaccine, and it was a significantly more dangerous vaccine, one in, I don't remember the stat, one in a hundred or whatever used to die from it, so it's a very, very high percentage, as dangerous as uh, the coronavirus. Um, just taking it, and he said, still, since the if you get it, it's so fatal, and it's only one in a hundred, and we need everyone to take it. You must still take it. And I mean, our vaccines are a million, million times safer than that. Hanichnas lebeis akisa. When someone goes to the bathroom, Omer, his now this is interesting. This is to the angels that always accompany a person. He says, Omer, his kavdu mekoivdim kadoshim. Be honored, holy and honorable ones. Mishor say, Elion, those who serve the one above. Tanu, covered eloke Yisrael, give honor to the God of Yisrael. Herfu mimenu ad she'echnes ve'eser ritsoni ve'avo aleichem. Leave me and while I go into the bathroom and do what I need to do and then I'll return to you. No, a person mustn't say that. They might, if you tell them to leave, they might not come back. She says, Elo what should you say? Shomreinu, shomreinu. Guard me now, guard me in the future. Osreini, Osreini, help me now in the future. Some chaini, some chaini. God, support me now and in the future. Himseinuli, himseinuli. Wait for me, wait for me. Atche echnos va'etzer until I've gone in and come out. Shekain darkon shel b'nei odom because people have to do this. So wait, ask them to wait for you. Um, that's interest. That's why many people don't want to say there's a tzeitzchem l'shalom on Friday night. The two angels walk you home and you don't say tzeitzchem l'shalom, going peace, because you don't want them to go. So why are you telling them to go? Um, interesting. So that's the one controversial line. Okay, we say it. Um, another controversial, once we're discussing it, another controversial line is that borchuni Shalom, bless me. Why would you ask an angel to bless you? Just ask Hashem to bless you. Okay, but that's uh, Shalom Aleichem. Ki nofik oime baruch asher yotzar es adam b'choch mevorav v'nekavim nekavim chalolim chalolim goliyov v'duel ipnei chizayich v'decho sheim yefaseich echad mehem o yisayim echad mehem yevshal lamoid lefonecho samsafilu shachas. So when you leave the bathroom, you say what is uh, baruch um, asher yotzar. As I mentioned at the beginning, just to emphasize, remember we say every Tosa said at the beginning of the Perik, every time we say Baruch in the Perik, it means Baruch Hashem Lokani Melech Olam. So it's not that it's not that this Tana held you say Asher Yotzar without saying Hashem's name. Obviously, it just always means that, and it's meant that we've said it a few times in the Perik. Baruch Shef, Baruch Atov Ametiv. No, Baruch Hashem Lokani Melech Olam Atov Ametiv, etc. Um, now. They, so, so this is speaking about that everything in your body is working correctly and the great miracle of it. Um, yeah. Then it says, my yeah. My chosim. What? How do you conclude? Omar Rav Pop. Omar Rav. Rav says, Rofei Choilim. Omar Shmuel Koshavino Abba Lekuli Alma Katsiri. Rav says you must conclude the one who heals the sick. So he says, what is every? So Shmuel says, what do you mean? Everyone's sick. That they're all saying this bracha that he should heal the sick. Says no, Ella Rofei Kol Bosor. Say Rofei Kol Bosor. Rav Sheish says Omar Mafli Lasos, and Rav Sheish says Umafli Lasos. 
says, Omar of Papa Hiltach Nimru le Tarvayu, Rofe Kolbosor Mafli Lasos. Therefore, we conclude with both of them, Rofe Kolbosor Mafli Lasos. Two points on this. One is, what's the Mafli Lasos? He does wonders. Are we blessing Hashem for this? So Rashi explains because the body's like a, in a way like a balloon, a, a leather flask with holes in. It should just collapse. Your lung, Shalom, the lung should just collapse. Your body should cave in. And yet it's a miracle. Even with its many holes, it still stays up. Um, there are more brings another miracle. He says that you have this physical body that an Ashoma stays in. He says that's mafli, that's totally incomprehensible, that an Ashoma lives in our body. And they tie it together. If you don't have a body, you don't have an Ashoma. If you don't have an Ashoma, you don't have a body. So they tie it together and it says that's mafli lasos, that's a total wonder. And the interesting thing I heard um, from Ari Leibovitz in the name of Rav Yoshif is that if you notice, we've said it now and we've said it a few times, Rav Papa says, therefore say both of them. Therefore conclude, like here, we had Shmuel says, Rofei Chobosor, and Rav Shesha says, Mafli Lassos. Ah, Rav Papa comes along and says both of them. We've had that a few times. He said, okay, conclude it with both of them. Um, so he says, that explains, he says, why at the Siyum, coming up, you now have your drosha for your Brocha Siyum, says, why at the Siyum do we mention Rav Papa's ten sons? Why did he merit to have bonim Tamirei Chachomim? So Rav Yoshev wanted to say, because of the cover that Rav Papa would show Tamirei Chachomim. It doesn't take a great Talmud Chachom to say, look, I'm not going to use my great mind and determine which one's better. We say, for Shalom and out of respect to the two great sages, say <laughs> both of them. And he says it was Rav Papa's great cover for Tamirei Chachomim, that he merited to have ten sons who are Talmidei Chachomim, and that's what we mention. It's not, it's not necessarily about the genius in Torah, it's about the covet for Talmidei Chachomim, if someone's uh, wants, uh, uh, children who are Talmidei Chachomim. Um, I thought that was a beautiful idea. Hanichnas li Yoshon, when someone's going to sleep, Omar, Mishma Yisrael Advo Yom Shemo, say the first paragraph of Shema, the Oimer Baruch, and then say the following Brocha. Baruch Hamapil Chevlei Shaina Al Eina Uskumu Al and just the interesting question on this is so firstly not a, this this bracha the Vilna Gon points out from the two that actually the first half is bracha hamapil and Amran Gon came and added in the whole second part okay so it might be a bit it's a longer bracha, but not all from the Gemara. These words of Dan Paim, he's out of Tachpela Satan. The Penny Shana. No, it's because your sleep is a part death. Your sleep is part death. So that's why you're governing that. It's not, it's already there. I think that's, uh, I think that could be the answer. But yeah. Um, then there's a discussion. Tosos earlier say, oh, why Tosos earlier in the Masech to ask, why don't we say a bracha on sleeping in the sukkah? We say brach on eating in the sukkah. Yes, you say. In the sukkah. <laughs> so, uh, very good. No, very good point. Um, so, uh, so Tosfos was saying um, because maybe you won't fall asleep. You know, it's not in your control to fall asleep. You can try, but it's not in your control. So then the Maritz Chai says, "What about Birchas Amapil? You also might not fall asleep." So, interesting. Before we come to the Maritz Chayos, 
This is an important principle. It's from Tosvos and the Maritzchayas on the sugya, on a sugya earlier. But he says, and this is the Mishlapura Paskins, that Hamapil is going on going to sleep. And therefore, once you've said Birchas Hamapil, you mustn't interrupt at all. You shouldn't do anything. If you need the bathroom, go to the bathroom. Don't say Asher Yatsar, because you should be going straight to sleep on Hamapil. Um, that's the Mishlapura's Psaq. The Maritzchayas comes along and says, but it's not in your power to go to sleep. So you're saying a bracha, what might be a bracha levatola? He says, no. Um, he, and this seems to be how I think the more accepted psaq is like the Maritzchayas, that you, the, it's not a bracha on that you're going to sleep, it's a bracha on the concept of sleep. Now, interesting, I've been doing more and more research on the value of sleep, how people who don't sleep enough are at a much higher risk of heart disease, all other physical things. Your emotional well-being is tied in your mind, processes your emotions that you've been through the day when you sleep. It's essential to your well-being is that you're sleeping enough and sleeping well. So it makes very appropriate that we say a bracha on this concept of sleep, but not literally that I am going to sleep. Um, so that would be the thing. Interesting how someone is saying, oh, but then why do you say, don't you, if you're saying you can say a bracha, hamapil, I'm going to sleep according to the Mishra Bura, why can't you say hamapil, why can't you say a bracha on sleeping in the sukkah and just hope for the best like you're doing with hamapil? So someone actually suggested because maybe the sukkah is much harder to go to sleep in because it's not your bed, it's, out, it's in, not in your compass, it's not where you usually are, so there's less chance of you actually going to sleep. Okay. When someone wakes up, question whether that next piece should be there. You've given me this neshama that is pure and you've created it and you've blown it into me and you've Guard it with me. You're going to take it in the future and you will return to it in the future. As long as it's in me, uh, thank you, Hashem. He returns the Neshama to lifeless bodies. Again, I think it means it's, it's, it's a reference to now when you're sleeping, you're a little bit dead, and also to Tchias Hamaisim. As I pointed out uh, this morning after davening, why doesn't Telokai Neshama start with a brocha? So Tos is interesting enough, earlier on in the Masech to say it doesn't start with a brocha because it's, it's a shevach. If I remember correctly, what's it? Yeah, it's a thanks. And this rule that brochas must start with a brocha and end with a brocha doesn't apply to thanks or to bircha soda. Um, but another answer given is that... Um, is like I said, is that it actually follows on from Moshe Yotzar. And it makes a lot of sense that it should follow on from Moshe Yotzar because it's, uh, Moshe Yotzar is for your physical being and Elokaina Shoma. And as you know, just like the Amida, you say one bracha at the beginning, and that counts as the opening bracha for all the other brachas. So, so you say a bracha opening Moshe Yotzar, and that counts for Elokaina Shoma as well. Um, now this is morning brachas when you hear the sound of the rooster blessed is the one who gave the rooster the intelligence to discern between day and night some say it's actually not rooster but a person the understanding to distinguish between them when a person puts his hand he should say blessed is the one who gives sight uh, who gives sight when he sits up. Blessed is the one who releases the bound. When he puts on his clothes, he should say, When he sits, when he straightens up, when he stands up straight, he should say the brocha of Zokaiv Kufufim. When he 
gets off the when he yeah, gets off his bed onto the ground. Lema Baruch who gave me dry land over the water to walk on, because remember the whole world was covered in water for Mazgi when he takes steps, Lema Baruch blessed is the one who gives direction to the feet of men. Kisaya Misana when he puts on shoes, Lema Baruch Toki, does all my needs. Shoes, um, the Gemara learns that shoes are one of the basic necessities of life to be able to do anything you need shoes. Ki osar himyona, leima baruch when he puts on a belt, say, who girds Israel with strength. Ki poris sudral roshe, and tosses when he puts a handkerchief on his head or something. Tosses say when he puts his hat on his head, whatever he wears on his head, not specifically a sudra. Leima baruch oiter Yisrael say, blessed is the one who um, crowns Israel with tifereth. With Tifara. When someone wraps himself in his tzitzis, he should say, Just interesting. So, all these brochas are the morning brochas. We have, and this is how it's brought in Shulchan Aruch, that as you go through each of the experiences, each of these benefits, you say the relevant brocha. In Shulchan we, because of our hands are dirty and our minds are all over the place as we're rushing in the morning, we have the practice to wait and say them all together. With, uh, so we can say them properly and nicely, and that's the prevalent minag. Um, interestingly enough, um, tzitzis, so on a talus katan we say al mitzvah tzitzis, on a talus godel we say lehisatev tzitzis. It's a very widespread minag because there are so often halachic problems with the talus katan. Is it the right size? Are the strings still kosher, etc.? Many only say lehisatev tzitzis on their talus, lehisatev tzitzis, and they have in mind that it's for both of them. Um, yeah. Also, uh, another question on these: What happens uh, if someone's chas shalom blind? Do they say misar <coughs> If someone's um, lame, do they say mechin mitzadek over, etc.? The general principle is: I think with these, we say that they, the world has these, and it's still helpful. A blind person that the other people who can see can still help him, etc. So we would still say these prophets. Then it says, When someone puts tefillin on his arm, he says, when he puts it in his head, interesting enough, there's a big machlokes we show him. Some learn you only say this, the second bracha, if you interrupt it between the two. That's why we say Baruch Hashem Kavod afterwards, because maybe you shouldn't be saying it seems most Rashi Rambam, um, it seems most Rishonim hold like that. We Paskin like Tosos that you actually say both brochas every time you're putting on Tfilin. Kimash Yodelayman Baruch Hashem Kshonu Savitzvanu Al Nitilasitayim. When you wash your hands, you say Al Nitilasitayim. This is again interestingly, this is the morning Nitilasitayim, which is primarily done, the Rishonim learned for davening. The Rashba learns that you're a new creation and you're getting up to serve Hashem. The Rosh learns, no, your hands are dirty and therefore instituted that you don't know where they've touched at night, etc. So you have to wash your hands for tefillah. But both are to do with, we're now starting to serve Hashem, just like the Kohanim would wash their hands before they went into the base, the hands and feet before they went into the base. I mean, that's to serve Hashem. So to we wash our hands because we start to serve Hashem. Um, therefore, if you are going to, if you're getting up early and you're going to do things and you're going to have to wash your hands and vas again before davening, Let's say you're going to do Natilasa time and then you're going to play with your kids and change a nappy and go to the bathroom and tie your shoelaces, etc. That you're going to need to wash your hands again. Many hold you would only say you'd wash your hands again. Obviously, wash your hands when you wake up. Wash your hands again before you're going to daven and say, actually, Asher Kiddushan Savitzvano on the second time you wash your hands, not on the first time.
when a person washes their face, Um, I was hoping to get further, but I think let's leave it here for today.